This is the Reclaiming Families podcast. It is our goal to expose the lies that undermine, erode, and destroy the family while discovering and reclaiming God's design for gender, marriage, family, and sexuality. So join us for open conversation about the struggles and joys of reclaiming families. Welcome back to another episode of Reclaiming Families. We're excited uh, to be back on here. We've had some big changes happen. That's we've right. we've had a little baby boy born. We've uh, you've graduated, yeah, grad school, and uh, so a you'd say not a licensed counselor, but a trained counselor. <laughs> I have a master's degree in counseling. Not sure if we'll go beyond that or not hopefully we will but the biggest change has definitely been the addition of our sweet little guy he is four months old now and i think it's been about four or five months since the last time we have had a podcast and so we are excited to be back and we're excited for this series that we're starting yeah we uh we love the warm home series and uh and maybe we'll circle back around to it one day, but uh, we want to do kind of a pro-life series. Yeah. But before we get into that, we do want to remind you about our social media. Now, we haven't posted on social media since we did our last podcast, but we're going to make a comeback there too. And the big thing we want everybody to be on the lookout for is Halloween costumes. I'm not sure what the prize is going to be yet, but we are going to be doing a costume contest for the family who has the best family uh, Halloween costume. Now, I don't want to give any spoiler alerts. Ours but is pretty good. Yeah, we're going to be, should we tell them what we're going to be yet or should we hold off? Just let them. The Paw Patrol! We're the Paw Patrol. Yeah. Uh, Randy <laughs> is going to be. Rubble, rubble on the double. I'm going to be Everest, and Ellie's going to be Sky. Elijah's going to be Marshall. And the best part of these costumes is that they are grandma made. Homemade, that's right. And they look really good. Legit. Really good. Yeah. So, so we're excited about that. Be thinking about your family Halloween costume. And what, they just posted the social media? And you'll, yeah, we'll put more details out about it um, once we kind of figure out what the prize is going to be. Um, but it's going to be a good prize. I have some brainstorms in mind. I just got to um, ask a couple other people about it. But but go ahead and be brainstorming your Halloween costume because... Yeah, it'd be fun. Love your family. Fun for, yeah, family fun. Anyways, Absolutely. we were saying. Pro-life so, series. Yeah, we're in this, this pro-life series. And, and we've talked about it before in the podcast, but really... I think our journey with uh, um, pro-life, it kind of really started, it was funny how um, I would listen to Focus on the Family, driving home from work every day, and and uh, and I just liked to listen to it, and it came on, and all of a sudden, um, I heard that they were doing a, a Sea Life event. What was it, yeah. what was it called? What was it called in New York City? Sea Life. Sea Life. It was Sea Life. And, and they were going to do a... No, um, no, no. That's the other ones. It, it was a lie from New York. A lie from New York. And so, but even before that, so I hate, I hate to give details about Randy's own story, but truth be told, I do have a better memory than him. So he, this is his, it is true. It is this true. Is his part of the story, not mine, but I remember his details. Um, he 
some of that focus on the family stuff, there was uh, a woman named Abby Johnson. If you want to learn more from Abby Johnson, you can check out her podcast. It's called Politely Rude with Abby Johnson. But um, anyways, he heard her story on that um, on that podcast, and there was a movie called Unplanned. If you haven't seen that movie, it's, it's, a, it's a heavy but really good movie yeah, to check good. out. And so we saw that movie in the movie theater, um, and it opened our eyes, I would say, to the reality of the wickedness behind abortion. I don't think either of us would have ever said, you know, we're pro-choice by any means. I think we would have said we're pro-life, but I don't think that we understood like the weight and the evil of what was going on until we saw that movie. And it's a true story. It's Abby Johnson's life account of what she experienced as a Planned Parenthood clinic director. I would hear a story, but I didn't know anything about Abby Johnson beyond her story. And, and I would listen to it, and then it said, hey, we're doing this um, um, alive from New York, and we're going to ultrasound a baby right there alive in Times Square, and, and we're in Tennessee. You know, I'm thinking New York is a pretty good drive, but I just asked her, I was like, hey, do you want to go to New York City with me and go up and see this event for this event? And, and lo and behold, she was like, yeah, let's go. So we literally rode the subway in to New York City for the day. That's we right. took the Staten Island Ferry. That's in. right. We did the ferry. That's right. No. Which, uh, it always costs you about 50 bucks just to arrive in New York City. It's pretty crazy. But uh, anyways. Um, went to New York. Went to New York. And we've talked about the podcast before, but it was so powerful. It was so powerful that these the you if there was an opposed there was an opposing group and there was this group that had a band it's like a marching band and they were beating on drums and and uh trying to make as much noise as possible but, but actually, let's set the stage a little bit more because you know if you've ever been to new york city if you've ever seen a, any kind of tv show or movie staged in new york city we're in Times Square. We're, we're, that's right. We're so Times Square. So it's the the busyness, you know, the the honking of the horns, the people dashing here and around, and it's you know a very noisy, fast paced part of the country. That's right. That's <laughs> Maybe right. the 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 most in the entire nation, and you have this stage set up two stages actually um right in the middle of Times square where one they're kind of broadcasting it and then one the actual events going on and um it starts off there's just like worship music and stuff like that happening um the event hasn't started yet but yeah you have these people that have met over on one of the side like alleys for the park yeah the park uh-huh. nearby. and they just decided like we're gonna come in and we're gonna make as much disruptive noise as we possibly can and so every time one of the speakers would get up these people would just be banging on drums yelling making as much racket as they could trying to drown out the sound of what the speakers were saying that's right but there just wasn't a shot like focus on the family had probably thought about that and their speakers were so loud and powerful that you weren't going to drown them out and so and some people started saying like like praise the Lord and like worship songs to the beat of the uh, opposing people's drum. So they weren't going to win, but yeah, not a shot. That's right. 
But at the same time, it was this idea of these antagonists that are trying to stop this event. And honestly, like, really the beauty of the event, it's like they're people coming together who love life, right? Love babies, love mamas, and they're coming together to see this ultrasound. And so we sang a lot of songs. We heard a lot of speakers. But the very, the final, like the... The uh, crescendo of the, the whole moment. Was this live ultrasound. And uh, and so we were looking at this baby, didn't know whose baby it was, but we're looking at this baby in a 4D, they call it ultrasound, where it's like um, you can really see the baby 3D. And uh, So they're like describing it. Like, you know, again, we're in Times Square. That's right. We're and they're describing it's what's loud, happening. I remember right. they're like, oh, he's trying to suck his thumb. Like, Look at like we can't see the actual woman. They're just we like they're in a mobile the image. a yeah, mobile right. um, ultrasound unit behind the stage. But you know the ultrasound lady is describing to the mom what it is that she's seen. How how you do when you go into an ultrasound room? She's kind of describing it, and you can hear them kind of like laughing. This mom being like, you know, loving her child, loving what she's seeing about her child, and and um, then. There's still like drumming and like just all kinds of noise happening. That's right. That's right. But then she says, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna find the heartbeat." And all of a sudden, the whole crowd is completely silent. Yeah, even the antagonizers. I mean, you could hear some car horns in the background, but you can go back and and there's some people who have talked about the event and they talked about how silent everybody get. All the people beating on drums, they quit. Everybody in love, 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 love. Yep, that's right. And then all of a sudden, it just erupted in praise. It was just cheering and cheering and and celebration of life. And it makes me emotional just to like go back to that moment. It's like, hey, that there is life in that womb. That baby is alive. Has a heartbeat. And, uh, Nobody had to tell anybody to cheer. It was just like a few seconds of taking it in and then just... H- hooray. Yeah. That's right. And then uh, and even it floored, even the antagonists with the drums, like they were just, they stopped. They quit because there was something so special in that moment that we were sitting there waiting, anticipating this heartbeat, heard it. And uh, and it, it, just, it just let me know that, you know, there is this joy that comes with life but also at the same time um there's there's a lot of um just pregnancy is very serious right there's a lot of um hardship and heartache and but also there's a lot of beauty in pregnancy and so and now that's the the you saw it right there like there was beauty in the event there was beauty in the life and these antagonists were trying to come in and almost like overwhelm your senses to not be able to take in the beauty with just loud, obnoxious noise. But when the beauty of life was put right in front of their faces, they were, they were in all too. That's right. That's right. It was incredible. And so that, that day, that really got us, like I would, we were definitely pro-life before that day, but that day really changed things for our family. It, it made us safe, my wife and I. We said, you know, we want to be part of a the pro-life movement. We want to be part of uh, protecting life and uh, and babies and mamas. And so we began to, to look further and, you know, watch some movies and some documentaries. And there's some great ones out. I think there's one about 
the screen or something like that, or the uh, it's about the, an ultrasound doctor that used to perform abortions that. Uh, the movie maybe, is called is a Silent Scream or something like that. Well, he he did make that. There is one called Silent Scream. That's not what we watched. We watched a movie called Roe v. Wade, and it's That's about it was, yeah. that doctor who created the the um, the Silent Scream um, because Roe v. Wade, as, as many of you probably know, is is before ultrasound. Yeah. And so this, I wish I could remember his name, but the doctor essentially, um, his girlfriend died um was it from a miscarriage or an abortion i can't remember but he was like i never want like he had a a a fairly good heart in becoming an abortionist because he didn't want for any woman to experience what he had experienced that loss of his girlfriend and um didn't want any moms to lose their life so as yeah, I think like she got an abortion illegally, like back alley or something. And, and died. she died. Yeah. yeah, and so he did like as good of intention as you could have had to be an abortionist, if there if that's possible to even say that. Tough to say that, but yeah, it's a... um, he he had him. He wanted to protect women from experiencing what she had, um, and you know he went on to abort more of his children actually, but when the ultrasound came in he became pro-life and he regretted what um how he had fought for roe v wade to be passed and um that movie exposes a lot of the crookedness of roe v wade now it could be debatable like oh it's a really right-sided movie but i mean when you have personal testimonies of this is what i did this is what i experienced you know yeah, it's pretty hard to to go against like the doctor himself, his accounts of it, and so and Abby Johnson herself and her accounts of it. Anyways, we are excited about life. That's right. And you know, one thing we we learned as we began to look into um, abortion clinics and we began to look into um, crisis pregnancy centers and is the the narrative that they tell people. And so. We, we saw really quickly that there's kind of two narratives. One narrative on the abortion side, uh, this was, you know, in uh, before Roe versus Wade was overturned, was this idea that, and it's still today, is, is that you can't have this baby. You can't do it. If you're a pregnant mom, you have your career ahead of you. Uh, this child is going to be expensive. I remember this line, it might have been Abby Johnson, but... Uh, she was talking about how this counselor was counseling a woman to have an abortion, and she brought up this idea that shoes were going to cost twenty dollars. And then this 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 woman is just like, "Oh my gosh, how am I even going to buy shoes for my baby?" Um, and this is the idea: you can't do this. You you don't have the money, you don't have the resources, you don't have the help, you don't have the knowledge. You're not ready for this baby. And so this baby, you can terminate the life of this baby as you please because you can't do this. Yeah. What is your mom going to say if she finds out? Right. Your dad is going to disown you and kill the boyfriend that's not going to be around for you. And so it's, All those narratives. it's right. taking what the mom is already so fearful of and just... Um, escalating it it's confirming all of the fears and on the flip side 
and the pro-life side, you have this voice that says, you can do this. Like, this is hard. The situation is hard. This is tough. But life is important. And there's also this, you know, I heard it called the dichotomy of the cross, where you find life in dying to yourself to take care of this child. Like, actually, life is going to be richer now with this child and loving your child. And, and I know there's a lot of times where it's like maybe you have to, you're going to have to give this child up for adoption or, or you're not going to be able to parent this child. But there's something about children and the way God has made us that we, we love children. Like, we love our children. And, uh, and so the pro-life voice is just saying, hey, you can do it. We will be with you. We'll walk through this with you. And, I mean, even just from a counselor perspective, you know, there's so much of you want to combat, um, like, irrational thoughts. And it's it's only in, like, when you go to a, a Planned Parenthood counselor, I've never been to one, but from my understanding, it's just like you help them you know, feed their irrational thoughts about it. And some of the thoughts are not irrational. They're, they're real struggles. But like the example of my mom's going to kill me. Like I cannot tell my parents this when in reality, like so many of those parents, when they actually do find out that they're having a grandchild are, you know, I'm sure there's an initial shock, but they go on to love their grandchildren. That's right. Um, and that is, I repeated story over and over. I'm sure that it's not that I'm not naive enough to say a hundred percent of the time they're going to be there. I know there's people who want to disown their kids and, and stuff like that, but that's not always in the pro-life movement. Even when that is wants to say, Hey, we want to come alongside of you. Um, so, well, yeah, I was just going to say like, there's, there's groups yeah, of, of people that love, love babies so much, love life so much that they, these uh, crisis pregnancy centers, and we're going to have some on this podcast. We're going to interview some and, and talk to them. And, and, but they love life so much that they say, we will walk with you. We will be here with you. And just a side note, um, if you want to take a note in your phone or um, write this down, Pro Love Ministries is like they have several branches of different pro-life ministries, but they have something called the Love Line and you can simply Google Pro Love Ministries, The Love Line, and it's a 24-7 hotline where someone will answer the phone. So if you know someone or are someone who um, is pregnant and it's unexpected and you need help, The Love Line is a, a place for you. Or um, if you are or know an abortion worker that is wanting to get out of the industry, that is a wonderful resource for you or for that person as well but we felt like um it's pretty timely for a pro-life series on the podcast just because of all the things that have happened over the summer now it's quieted down a good bit um since june but you know it's still a hot topic ever since roe v wade was overturned um, in the supreme court now, that doesn't mean that abortion is illegal in the nation. It means that... They just disperse the decision to the states. Yeah. Um, I wish it was illegal everywhere. But, yeah, 
it slowly, what is it called whenever, like, the, the bills that, like, um, it's not like a time ticker bill, but, like, what's it called whenever the bills go? Like, when this happens, this bill's immediately coming into play? A chain reaction? No, it's like, um, like an automatic bill whenever something happens, this happens. I'm not sure. Well, there several states had this, Tennessee being one of them. Oh, where, you're saying, like, there's already a bill about... Um, abortion on the yeah. books but it was it was negated because of Roe versus Wade and so as soon as it's overturned this bill would, comes into play yeah, reenacted yeah um so I'm not exactly sure what that is called but anyways Tennessee has one yeah uh, there are states around us where people can still get abortions and uh we're not naive about that but really in the state of Tennessee um we we have a heartbeat bill. Yeah. And real quick, one of the things that we wanted to do um, is talk about some of the loud noise um, that has gone on all over social media and um, just a lot of the lies that that take place about abortion. And um, there are two things that we want for all of our listeners to be aware of. You might already be aware of it. But one of the things I saw the most on social media that can probably grip your heart um, to the wrong direction due to a lie is the sob stories about there being, um, and I'm not saying these aren't sad stories, I'm just saying that it doesn't have anything to do with abortion laws, um, about like a situation, you know, where I, I remember one, I wish I could remember the details of it exactly, but... Um, essentially there was a woman who bled out, um, having a, during a miscarriage because she was unable to get a DNC and she died. Um, women whose fallopian tubes exploded due to ectopic pregnancies and were really sick and died. Um, and those stories, while they're very tragic, are not what these bills are, um, they're not what these bills are talking about. Like all of these bills are talking about protecting life in the womb, protecting both the health of the baby and the health of the mom. And so um, maybe in our show notes, we can put a link to the Texas heartbeat bill um, because it's kind of the bill that the other states are now modeling their bills after. It's the most conservative one at this point. But the Texas heartbeat bill is very, very, if you read it, it is, um, I have, we have it pulled up right in front of us right now. And it is quite, um, it's, it's very clear that it is about one informed consent for the mom, um, which means, you know, not hiding the ultrasound screen from a mother when she is abortion minded they need to know this is the heartbeat inside of the womb um, this is your baby he has um, a heartbeat and he's able to move and this is feel pain. how he's yeah, doing so they're one about informed consent and then two about the health of baby and mama and so what that means is that because they're about the health of the baby that if there is a detectable heartbeat 
then the baby should not be aborted. But they're also about the health of the mother. And so if there is something to where there's an emergency where mom is going to die or be seriously injured in the case of an ectopic pregnancy, then that's not considered an abortion um, in, in the way that the term abortion is used right now in, in our culture. Another thing it's important to know is that DNCs and uh, D and E's are not outlawed in any of these bills for the case of miscarriages. Um, those are not an abortion-inducing procedure. Um, a spontaneous abortion, just to kind of give you some terms to know, um, a spontaneous abortion is the same thing as a miscarriage. An induced abortion or a medical abortion is the kind of abortion that, that we're talking about. And so a spontaneous abortion or a miscarriage um, sometimes does not come out of a mother's body naturally. And so a DNC, DNE is necessary to get those parts out for the safety and health of the mom. But again, under the Texas heartbeat bill, which is what the nation is um, modeling their heartbeat bills under, that is not a physician, if you can even call an abortionist a physician, that is not that person coming in and ending the heartbeat. The baby was dead, and they're helping to safely remove um, the both the remains of the baby and the gestational sac and, and all of those parts safely from the mom, again, to keep the mom healthy and safe. So I hope I communicated that clearly. Would you add anything to that? Yeah, I would just say, so, you know, when you hear... Um, or when people would, I, I guess, you know, people are, they're lying. Yeah, like they're spreading lies. And again, and it's to go, it's that, it's like, it's, it goes back to New York City. It's the obnoxious noise to try to take the attention away from the matter at hand, which is the life in the womb. That's right, that's right. And so if you're a mom and you think, uh, or you're a woman, and you think, wow, I, I can't, I can't. Now if I have a miscarriage, I'm just going to die? If, you know, or which something like as that, a woman or, who's had a miscarriage... Those moments of when you're bleeding and you don't know what's next, like that is scary to think about. Like, that's right. And to pray on that, to say, oh, yeah, and you'd be left totally alone. Yeah. You'd have no help in that situation. And uh, to pray on those fears, it's, um, it's dark and it's twisted mm-hmm. and it's evil and it's wrong. And, and it's just it's not true. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, um, yeah, this heart rate bill is it's powerful and it's incredible. And uh, we do want to see that the, the whole nation, right? We want to see abortion um, outlawed in the whole nation where people, abortion even becomes unthinkable to even consider aborting your baby. And, uh, and so, because, you know, Harry Reader, um, he's a, a great worldview thinker. He's a, the, the lead pastor out at uh, Briarwood Presbyterian Church in Birmingham, Alabama. But he always talks about how. Um, essentially like in culture, what you do is you want for the unthinkable to become thinkable and then you want it to become entertaining and then you want it to become laughable because once it's laughable, it has infiltrated. Yeah, it's doable. It's infiltrated every part of the culture and what the, what essentially what the, um, like Planned Parenthood and the big abortion advocates want to do it is just that. They want to change the language to where it's not um, 
you know, pro-abortion. It's pro-choice. Who doesn't want choice? It's not abortion rights. It's women's health care rights. But then it goes as far as, you know, there's a, an HBO movie called Road Trip that is a comedy about some women traveling to go get abortions together. That's right. And it's just like, how twisted to make a comedy of that? Because if you've ever stood outside of an abortion clinic or talked to a woman who's had an abortion... Unless it's like a really dark sense of humor, you don't see women lightheartedly going in there no. laughing about it. Um, quite the opposite. You see a heavy heart most of the time, and um, you even hear yeah. broken stories afterwards. Um, or people who have gone you know, decades with keeping it a secret. They don't want their children to know. They don't want, you know... They don't want people to know about this deep, dark secret. And, you know, that is that is changing culture because people are wanting it to be something where it can be talked about more openly and more freely without seeing the repercussions of, of what it truly is. That's right. But they've taken basically the life of a baby, of a, of a child, and, and they've made it uh, laughable of ending the baby's life. Like, like the, the baby has become so dismissed and reduced to a clump of cells to where you can choose to do whatever you please with it. And the pro-life movement say, no, no, no. This is no clump of cells. This is human life. This is, this is, a, this is your child. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so it's these competing narratives, and, and we want to see, it re- the, we wanna see the baby in the womb restored to its proper position of life is sacred, life is important, and uh, life is made and designed by God. And, and this life in the womb, it's, it is your baby, but also this is God's baby that he has created. And, and, uh, and so it's, uh, this, his life has, this baby's life has value because this baby is made in the image of God. That's right. And, uh, and God loves his image bearers. Mm-hmm. Right? He cares about them. He doesn't even want image bearers to slander other image bearers, let alone destroy the life of other image bearers. And mm-hmm. so it's... Uh, Life is powerful because life is made by God. That's good. And the gospel, like the good news of Jesus speaks into abortion um, in so many ways. One, of course, like for anyone who has had an abortion um, or has had an unplanned pregnancy, the gospel is the good news that allows us to say, um, you know, we are all sinners. We are all like the chasm between mankind every human and God is so deep and there is no way that we can get from where we are now to God on our own but Christ steps in and he pays for our sin and he says you know trust in me believe in me turn give me your life and be forgiven and so there's opportunity to be forgiven both for arrogance and thinking um you know, horrible things about women who have had abortions or, you know, anything like that. There's forgiveness for um, sin that has led to unexpected pregnancies. Um, And then there's forgiveness for moms and dads who have ended the life of their child, but it is only found in Christ. In Christ, yeah. And so... um, we think that's the most important thing. Yeah. <laughs> and the gospel also speaks into parenting to empower us to sacrifice. Because 
Um, it, it is something to where I think it would be easy for the pro-life movement to kind of sound like, no, you're going to parent this child and you're going to love him or her and you're not going to regret it and there's going to be happily ever after the end. And Yeah, that's not true either. It's not. Parenting comes with a lot of dying to yourself, you know. I, you know, even today for me, it was like a frustrating parenting day where um, I wanted to give both kids full attention, therefore gave, like, and they were both doing stuff and being needy, and I didn't get to give either of them any attention. I was getting frustrated, and, um, but, you know, the gospel frees me up to be able to give my life away, um, and so... Yeah, I think it's in hindsight, after giving your life away, that you say, I'm so glad I did. Thank you, God, that I did. And uh, the reward is, the reward follows the sacrifice. And, uh, and yeah, like in many ways, parenting has been, in our family, life is so much richer with children, but it's also so much harder. And uh, But you know what? I would not change it. I wouldn't change it. And, uh, yeah, it's like we, I really do believe, like, you know, there, there's people all the time that would say things about having, not having kids and how, you know, they have experienced love on the same level. And I would say, and I think I can say it on behalf of many, many parents, is that the love that you experience once you are a parent is so much richer and deeper than you could have ever experienced. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of people that don't have children, and it's so hard to explain that to them where it's like, hey, there, there's a change that occurs. There's a love uh, that, that comes for your children that is so much richer and I'm like, have children, have a bunch of children. I don't know why you're, why uh, you know, newly married couples don't have children right away. You know, and uh, and there's it's, good reasons, plenty of reasons. Well, you know, um, if anybody follows Fierce Marriage, did not long ago, Ryan Frederick actually said he was like, if I could go back and change anything, I would change that we would have had kids sooner. That's now right, that I've right. had them, yeah, there's so. just, yeah, there's such a love for them, and, and you know, our kids, we have great kids. Uh, but they're also, you know, they have their share problems and uh, <laughs> well, tantrums and, and, but it's a, they're little sinners, but you know what? I love them. I love them. And, uh, uh, and, and that just like, it's, it's that love for them that is just, it's so incredible as a parent that I never really knew that love until I had kids. And it's a picture, again, of the gospel, like of the Heavenly Father and His love for His children. There are so many times when I've been like, you know, putting one of them to bed or holding one of them and just thinking to myself, like, almost, you know, being a little introspective of like, what am I feeling towards them right now? Like, this is like a deep love. And then my my thoughts kind of go into like, yeah, and this is what our Heavenly Father like wants us to know of His love for us. And so That's right. it's like God is saying, God's calling us, hey, love your children. Love your children. And in loving them, you get to see God's love for you. And, and that's what the pro-movement, pro-life movement, pro pro-life movement, <laughs> sorry, is, is, 
is saying is, hey, love your children. Right? We we all everybody wants parents that loved us and treated us the right way. Right? We all want moms and dads that took care of us and nurtured us and showed us this picture of God's love to us. And we're saying, hey, if you didn't get that, you can start that. You can be that to this child in your womb. You can be the loving mom, loving father that this child needs. And and what we're saying is God is calling all people to love your children. And uh and that's what you know, that's what we love. And uh, so it's a, it's a it's a privilege to uh to live at this time kind of with this this narrative and and kind of this battle between um uh, pro-choice, pro-abortion, and, and pro-life. And, and so we, um, we're excited. Coming forward here, we have some people that we're excited to talk about and to talk to on the podcast, mm-hmm. get them on the podcast. We're uh, hoping that this series goes for, what, six weeks probably? Probably something like that. We've got uh, a few. A few of them are pre-recorded already. Yeah, crisis pregnancy centers that are actually very incredible. We've got yeah. some very incredible testimonies. Next week you can look forward to Andrew uh, Wood. Yep, with from Hope, Hope Resource. Resource Center. The following week, Melissa Winstead, who's with Agape Pregnancy Center and yep. or Agape Women's Center in Johnson City, and um, both of them do a beautiful job. Yeah, uh, they yeah. very different personalities right, coming right. in. Andrew's uh, very professional, very smart, and uh, kind of political. Yep, very very incredible. <laughs> but and, loves uh, the Lord. And Melissa is just a I mean, mom of eight you know oh man. she her she's an ultrasound like she does yeah she's a sonographer yeah. or whatever that title would be but you know she's done it both you know she's that, that's her career and yeah. so she can speak of to what goes on in the womb and that is exactly what we interviewed her on um yeah. we're hoping to get some some people from um abortion rec- like a, a post-abortive recovery um like for moms to speak on the podcast, we're hoping to get um, someone who does embryo adoption on the podcast. Uh, I don't want to make too many promises, but yeah. we um, are in the works of that, and then a, a few testimonies of some other things as well. So, yeah, we're excited about it. We hope you uh, join us along for the ride. Yep, and uh, we will uh, talk to you next time. That's right. Thank you for listening to Reclaiming Families. Check us out at reclaimingfamilies.org where you can find our latest podcasts, blogs, news, and events. We look forward to seeing you all next time.